You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. The presence of the Lord is so tangible in the building. He's so beautiful and He's so kind and He's so gracious. You know, I was just thinking about it this week and at a stage I, I just sat and I just said, Lord, I love you so much. I don't know how I can love you more, but I really just want to love you more and more and more. Is that not true, church? We want to love Jesus more and more and more. We grew up with a song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he's strong. Do you remember singing things like that? Then we sing, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, because the Bible tells me so. And that's a great song to sing. And the Bible does tell us that he loves us. But my question to you this morning is, do you know that he loves you? We started last week, and, I'm, and just to recap, like my husband said, I, I said, what for one moment, what would your life look like for one moment if you chose to believe who God says you are, who God says you're going to be, how God sees you? What, what would change if for one moment you decided guilt and shame is not my portion Because last week we touched on the fact that so many of us carry guilt and shame in our hearts. We could have, we would have, we should have. When we look back, we could have actually done that and we should have actually done that. And Lord, I messed up here and guess what? I messed up again. And and then just a little bit later and I'm messing up again, right? And last week we just looked at this and we just said, Lord, I'm giving you my guilt and shame because when God died on the cross, he took our guilt and shame. We memorized a sentence. Can you guys remember what we did last week? What was that? When God sees me, he sees my heart through the eyes of his mercy in the light of his son. When God sees you, church, he sees you through his eyes of mercy. He doesn't see you through the eyes of anger, through the eyes of disappointment. He sees you through the eyes of mercy in the light of his son. Today, we're going to take another look at how we see our Father, God the Father, how we see our King, how we see our God. Amen? That's why I said, take another look. We know God is gracious, and we know God is kind, and we know God is present, and we know God is always there, but do we really know? Sometimes we forget because we we measure God at our heart's level where God's heart level is way, way, way higher than our heart's levels, right? Whatever seems impossible will be made possible through the help of the Holy Spirit. Can I read Luke 18 verse 27 in the Passion Translation? It says, Jesus responded, what appears humanly impossible is more than possible with God, for God can do what man cannot. The Bible says in the Amplified, but he said the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. What is impossible in your life this morning? What is that impossibility? For one person, an impossibility would be within their family. For another person, an impossibility would be with finances, with breakthrough. With another, the impossibility is, I'm sick, God, I need you. I'm sick, Father, help me. I don't know what to do. I've lost hope. Do we have people like that in the building this morning, just crying out to God? All of us have something we're saying before God this morning. Our hearts cry, come before God all the time. So when we come together, that's why it's so beautiful to be in a body. I cannot judge you and you cannot judge me because together we're all facing something. 
And I can have grace with you in what you're facing, and you can have grace with me in what I'm facing, because we both are going to stand before God, and God is going to come through for us. Amen? And the one I'm going to read this morning is in in Luke 8, verse 40, and verse 49 to 53. Can I read that story to you? It's the story of Jairus. It says, now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. When Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house to Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead. He said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. And he took her by her hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Here's a father coming to Jesus, Jairus, and he pleads with him to come to his house because his daughter was dying. His daughter was 12 years old. Scripture doesn't tell us the name of the 12-year-old or what sickness or illness she had, but this illness could lead to death, right? So Jairus comes and he's fighting for his daughter, but Jesus is in great demand. He's walking along and as Jairus is with him, guess who appears? The woman with the issue of blood. Remember we spoke about it last week? The woman with the issue of blood that reached out to Jesus and Jesus didn't shame her because of her problem. This morning, God is not ashamed of your problem. Jesus actually used her problem to demonstrate his grace and mercy towards everyone around. Because we all know that the lady, the woman with the issue of blood, could actually not even come into the presence of other people. Can you imagine living a life like that? But while this is going on, Jairus is in the crowd. And you can imagine, he's walking with Jesus, he's pleading for his daughter's life. Jesus is carrying on with his ministry. He knows, God knows the time he has to be at a certain place. Sometimes we wanna tell God where he has to be, when he has to be there, and how he has to be there. As girls, we like telling God exactly in which color he should be dressed when he arrives, at what time of the day he should be there, and exactly what he should bring with. Am I speaking to the right people this morning? Amen? Because we just want to control this world we live in. But many times we realize that Jesus is in control of this world, and his time is always better than our time, and he knows things that we maybe don't know. So in this time, a young servant comes to to Jairus, and he says, Jairus, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. So in this time that Jairus has been walking with Jesus and seeing these miracles and Jesus being aware of Jairus, his daughter dies. I want to tell you, you're going to have people in your life today, that voice that will tell you to give up. That man was telling him, give up. Stop trying to pursue Jesus. Stop wasting his time and go home. Your daughter's dead. This situation is beyond what what Jesus can do. Am I speaking to the right people this morning? There will always be a reason to neglect the presence of Jesus. This person was coming and saying, leave the presence of Jesus. Your situation is too big. 
Leave Jesus. Don't bother him anymore. It's over. You see, church, we have to fight for our time with the Lord because there's always going to be a reason to leave. Jairus decided to remain with Jesus. Jairus decided to walk with Jesus, to hear what Jesus says. Silence the voices that are distracting you from Jesus. Start believing more, trusting more. Why don't you dream bigger and get your voice back? Can I say that again? Can you start believing more? Can you start trusting more? Why carry a burden for the rest of your life? Aren't you just tired of carrying it? Get your voice back. Get your voice back. Philippians 4 verse 8 in the Passion Translation says, Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. So this is the recipe for a successful life. I'm going to read it in the Amplified Bible. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, what is the truth? The Word of God is the truth. What this world tells you, if it doesn't line up with that book, it's not the truth. Amen? Whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemingly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, Whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. So when the enemy comes and tells you you are not going to make it, guess what? You need to fix your mind on the word. When the enemy says, you know what, it's over, why don't you stop bothering the master? It's, it's too late. We all know God, it's over. Why don't you start saying to that voice, whether it's the enemy or yourself, right? Start saying to that voice, Jesus has my life in his hands. I'm not going under, I'm going over. Jesus is confronted with the facts, but says, do not be afraid. When Jairus hears that his daughter is dead, Jesus didn't get a speed wobble, right? He didn't like, oh my gosh, my plan. Jesus just turns to him and says, do not be afraid. This morning, I want to tell you, if things don't work out quite like you want them to work out, do not be afraid, only believe. The same words Jesus said to Jairus, I'm saying to you this morning, do not be afraid, only believe. If Jesus was standing here this morning, he would be saying to you, do not be afraid, only believe. Amen? Sometimes all we have to do is believe and get God's perspective. Because when we get God's perspective of ourselves and others, it changes. My perspective of me is, can never be as beautiful as God's perspective of me. Because God loves me and God loves you. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. If I just say we walk by faith and not by sight, I'm trying to tell you something that the word has made very clear for us. Did it say I walk by faith and not by doubt? Because the opposite of faith is doubt, right? It, does it say we walk by faith and not by doubt? 
No, it says we walk by faith and not by sight. So many times what we see is not a faith look. <laughs> or what we see doesn't come from the word or from the, the heart of God. Sometimes circumstances are screaming at us. Sometimes situations are telling us we're going under. And you know what? I can't control it. Moses looked at the sea. Can you imagine? A big wall of water. And when he got God's perspective, that water turned into a, a path to the promised land. David looked at Goliath, and in the natural, he saw a giant. But when he looked in the spirit, he saw a victory. What is your giant this morning, church? What is your giant? Because when God looks at your giant, he's seeing a victory. It's just up to us to start seeing what God sees. Faith and hope work together. Faith and hope. The object of our hope is the object of our faith. We have to hope. In this pandemic, the hope has left many hearts. I hope for a better tomorrow. I hope for a better next month. I hope, I hope there's not another wave. I hope we're not going to do this. I hope. But our hope must be grounded in the word. If our hope is grounded in the word and we say, even what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it for his good. Even what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it for his good. His plans are still to prosper you. He has not forgotten us. He's with us in the fire and the flood. He's faithful forever, perfecting love. He's sovereign over us. Amen. That's a song we sing in the church. Even what the enemy means for evil, God turns it for our good. God turns it for our good. When you get your confidence in how God sees you, your life will change. You are special. Amen? Can you imagine the Holy Spirit saying, you are special. Mia, you are special. You can put your name in there. Lynn, you are special. <laughs> Amen? Can you put your name in there and just say, whatever your name is, you are spe I'm special. So I say, Belinda, you are special. Can you say that? One, two, three. Belinda, you are special. You know, many of us can't say it because we really don't believe it. We can believe anyone else is really special, but me, I'm, not, I'm that one, right? But I want to tell you this morning, you are special, you have a purpose. Take another look. Faith sees. Put on your eyes of faith and look again. Put on your eyes of faith and look again. We forget so quickly that God isn't just the God that calms the storm. He isn't just the God that searches the heart. He isn't just the God that goes in search of the lost lamb. He is the God who stepped through the fabric of eternity to save you. Let's give God a hand, church. This is exciting stuff. He is the God that laid his life down to bridge the gap that you and I could never bridge. He is the God who spoke time into existence and holds you firmly in his grasp, in the grasp of his hand. He's the God who holds you in the grasp of his hands. He's the God who has a plan for your life. Even when you cannot see past the pain you're going through, God has a plan. 
Some of you are going through pain. I can promise you, God can see through your pain straight into your destiny. And I promise you, God has not changed his mind about what you have to do on this earth. When life has thrown us a few curveballs, God throws one heck of a curveball back. Amen? That's our Father because he loves us so much more than we could ever love. But do you really believe it? Death is but a word to God. Nothing can separate you from him. Nothing can separate you from him. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from him. Not even you can separate you from God. We forget he turned the sun back as a sign for Hezekiah. He met the woman on the street that had to touch the hem of his garment. Jesus had to be there in that moment that she could reach out. That's how sovereign our God is, that she knew she would be in that city at that time and she could reach out and she could touch his garment. He sought out a man living among tombs when everyone else had given up on him. The man that was possessed with demons, God went and found him. He went and found him. This morning, God is coming to find you. Yet, sometimes we're surprised that God actually has on his heart to go to this little girl, to this little girl, Jairus' daughter, to go help her. Jesus goes in and he touches her hand. And guess what? Her heart begins to beat again. Air fills her lungs. She opens her eyes. The creator has stepped into the room. Do you need your heart to beat again this morning? Do you need new air into your lungs? Some of us have been knocked down by life's storms and we are bruised and we are broken. But I want to tell you, as Jesus stepped into the room of that little girl, Jesus is stepping into your room this morning. Amen? And he's reaching out his hand and he's saying, stand up. Get your voice back. Get your voice back. The one who knew Jairus' daughter since the beginning of time and had loved her from her mother's womb loves you. He's not a different God. Are you with me this morning? Amen? Psalm 34 verse 6 to 7 says, When I had nothing desperate and defeated, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me, bringing his miracle deliverance when I needed it most. The angel of Yahweh stooped down to listen as I prayed, encircled me, empowering me, and showing me how to escape. He will do this for everyone who fears God. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's never too late for God to step in. Turn to your other neighbor and say, it's never too late for God to step in. It can look too late for everybody else, but God is on time. He has power over life and he has power over death. He can restore what has been lost and what has been broken. Do you believe it this morning, church? Ladies, what the enemy has stolen and broken on the inside of you, it's, it's Women's Month. God can restore that again. You can laugh again. Amen? But do you believe it? Because God cares about the weights on our hearts. He cares about us. Amen? God can restore what is lost and he can heal what is broken because he died for you first. 
Can I give you a great revelation this morning? Sometimes I get these great revelations, and this is one of my really great revelations of the last week. God is never too busy to care about me. <laughs> Amen? Yes. Let's give God a hand. We are in the presence of the Lord this morning. This is a word straight from the heart of God to you. And you can decide, like that, that Jairus decided to stay at Jesus' feet and, and stick with Jesus. You can decide to stick with him, get your healing and your deliverance, and walk out of this. Or you can decide to turn your back and say, this is nonsense. It's up to you. God is hand, stretching his hand out like he stretched his hand out to Jairus and to the daughter as well. And he said, Jairus, take, don't be afraid. Only believe. He is God, and he meets each and every one of us where we're at. God knows you. God knows you. God knows you. He knows what you've been through. He knows how the enemy has tried to destroy things in your life. But I can promise you, even what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for his good. He will turn it for his good. Jesus takes her by the hand and says, get up. This morning, church, Jesus is saying to you, get up. Yes, my hand, get up. Start getting up again and start getting your voice back. Are there dead places in your life this morning? Is there a dead situation? He sees that pain and brokenness and he's coming to meet you just like Jairus' daughter. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten you. You are not lost to him. Like Jairus' daughter wasn't lost to him. What is a 12-year-old child in the Bible? What relevance does she hold in the natural world? For Jesus, it demanded his attention. She may have been lost to the world, but she was not lost to him. No wasteland is too big, storm too dark, or darkness too great for Jesus to come in. Are you facing a giant this morning? Guess what? God will give you the victory. Are you facing a sea this morning? Guess what? God is going to make a way. You are in the grasp of the heavenly Father's hands, and he always has a plan and will never abandon you. Never, ever, 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 ever. Why don't you start saying, never again confess that you can't because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Never again confess lack for your God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Never again confess fear for God has not given you a spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. Never again confess doubt and lack of faith because God has dealt to every man and woman the measure of faith. Amen? Never again confess weakness because the Lord is the strength of your life. Never again doubt that you have strength because God is strong and he promises to do mighty exploits through your life. It's not over. Never again confess Satan's supremacy over your life because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Let's give God a hand this morning, church. We need to start standing up and speaking again. We need to get our voice back and put all our issues behind us and say, God, enough is enough. I'm going to give you this pain. I cannot carry it anymore. 
I'm going to give you this disappointment. I don't want it anymore. I want to give it to you because even in your hand, my pain and my disappointment become something beautiful. God can use that pain and disappointment to touch another life that's desperately waiting for you to be obedient. Never again confess defeat because God always causes you to triumph in Christ Jesus. Everything I'm telling you here is straight from the word, church. When you want to give up, God is telling you to get up. You want to give up? Guess what? I have one word for you. Get up. But you see, God's hand is outstretched. He's in your room. He's in your space. But he wants you to get up. So we can take the hand of of our Father and we can hold it tight and we can get up and say, come, my Father, let's go. What the enemy meant for evil is you're going to turn it for the good. Amen? We need to start saying, Micah 4 verse 13 in the Message Bible, on your feet, daughter of Zion, I'm making you a people invincible. This morning, I have a message for you. On your feet, members of HOC, God is making you a people invincible. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand. God is making you invincible. With my God, I can scale a wall. With my God, I can climb a mountain in heels. Amen? As ladies, it's ladies month. Amen? We will climb a mountain. We will scale a wall because our God lives on the inside of us. And the enemy has stolen your voice for too long. For too long. I want to tell you a story to end this morning. There was once a Shakespearean actor who was known everywhere for his one-man show of readings and recitations from the classics. He would always end his performance with a dramatic reading of Psalm 23. Each night, without exception, as the actor began his recitation, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The crowd would listen attentively. And then, at the conclusion of the psalm, they would rise in thunderous applause in appreciation for the actor's incredible ability to bring this verse to life. One night, just before the actor was to offer his customary recital of Psalm 23, a young man from the audience spoke up. Sir, do you mind if tonight I recite Psalm 23? The actor was quite taken aback by this young, unusual request, but he allowed the young man to come forward and stand front and center of stage to recite the psalm, knowing that his ability would have no match for his own talent. With a soft voice, the young man began to recite the words of the psalm, and when he had finished, there was no applause. There was no standing ovation as on the other nights. All they could hear was the sound of weeping. The audience had been so moved by the young man's recitation that every eye was full of tears. Amazed by what he had heard, the actor said to the youth, I don't understand. I've been performing Psalm 23 for years. I have a lifetime of experience and training, and I've never, ever been able to move an audience as you have tonight. Tell me what is your secret. The young man humbly replied, well, sir, you know the psalm but I know the shepherd. Amen. This morning, my question to you is, do you know the psalm or do you know the shepherd? Because if you know the psalm, it's just words on a page. When you know the shepherd, it's a person speaking to you. This morning, I want to, that's why the title of my message was take another look. Do you know the shepherd? 
and worship him in spirit and in truth. We don't need another song. We don't need another sermon. We need to turn our hearts towards heaven. We can whisper a song of love to him and know that he's there and know that he sings over us. But if we don't love and trust our father, how can we do that? Do you know God sings over you? Can you imagine the father singing over us? I can't wait to hear it like his real voice. It would be so cool. <laughs> Amen. I wonder if he's a bass or an alt or a baritone. He's probably a soprano. <laughs> Amen. Who knows, right? Maybe God is just everything all in one. Can you imagine? Every single voice in one note. That is our father, right? We are still thinking in sections and God is thinking in the whole. We whisper a love song to him as he sings over us. Do you whisper a love song to your father? He reminds you that you're not alone. He reminds you not alone. Just a little while longer, I'll walk this valley. Just a little while longer, I'll climb and I'll take another look at my shepherd. Take another look. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.